We are I. I lost my voice a few days ago, and as you can tell, I haven't fully got it back yet, but it's uh, it's coming back. That's why I haven't recorded one of these podcasts in, well, I don't even know, probably the last like five days. But over the course of those last five days, I've noticed something, something really and extremely concerning, very concerning. What I've noticed is, and we knew that getting closer and closer and closer to the U.S. elections in 2024, you know, things were going to start to happen. You know, same thing with the elections that are supposed to be in Canada in 2025. You know, but I think one of the biggest things here is that you have the European Union, you know, using its new widespread powers over social media companies to be able to go after uh, Elon Musk to be able to... uh, you know, essentially try to shut down Twitter because they're saying they're spreading misinformation. And who's writing this, who's writing the back of this shit is fucking that piece of shit, Justin Trudeau. Saying and amplifying a message that Elon Musk is spreading misinformation about Canada. And it's like, I don't think that he is. I don't think that when people say that, you know, Justin Trudeau is a tyrant, or, you know, that Canada is becoming a failed state, a failed democracy more and more all the time. You know, that Justin Trudeau has an authoritarian rule and approach to, you know, being the prime minister in Canada. You know, if that wasn't true, then why would a petition that's before the House of Commons right now have the most votes out of any, any petition that has ever been before Parliament in Canada to be able to remove Justin Trudeau? I think it's like 3%. You may think like, oh, well, 3% is not that big of a number. But it's a huge number. It's a huge number because this doesn't even factor the people who haven't come across this petition that would sign it. Or maybe that want to sign it, but they're worried about putting their name on something. Not only that, but like just that 3% actually represents a huge number of people here in Canada. And amongst the voting class and the, the people who can vote and the people who politically participate. Now, if you steer this down south of the border, which is extremely concerning, that in Colorado, the courts have made a decision to be able to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Now, this should worry anybody. Because he's trending so high in the polls. When they tried to charge him, thinking that would deter people from trying to vote him, and you know, it only strengthened the resolve of his voting base. And they tried to charge him again. And it only strengthened his numbers in the polls for the second time. Now they're just trying to remove him off the ballot in its entirety, which is insane. In allegedly the most free nation in the world. So you have Vivek Ramaswamy almost immediately come out and say that he will remove his name off the ballot if Donald Trump is not reinstated. 
And then you have the entire, or him calling out, Vivek calling out the entire, every single one of the Republicans that are going for that presidential seat to be able to remove their name off that ballot as well, including Nikki Haley. He's saying that this is one thing that we should all be able to rally behind, no matter how much that we don't see eye to eye. This is, we should be able to rally behind this as Republicans. Because where does this stop? Where does this end? Right? Now, from what I understand, and I haven't gone deep on this, but it seems like the RNC might be backing this as saying that they are going to go about this in a different way. And they're still going, I can't remember what they called it, but there's still, it's still going to be, there's still going to be a way that, you know, people in Colorado are able to be able to vote for every Republican candidate, no matter who that is. But these are the things that are happening, you know, in our world, in almost 2024. But if this is the dirty shit that they're willing to pull this far out from the election, what are they willing to be able to pull closer to? Because we know that once it looks like, and this it very much looks like it, that not only is Donald Trump going to be the lead Republican candidate, but he is going to smoke any Democratic you know, opponent out there by an exponential margin. And we know that they've got 51, you know, people from lettered agencies in the United States to be able to come together to be able to sign a document that was categorically false and not just bro science false, like actual 100% false. They know there's massive collusion amongst social media companies and mainstream media companies that Donald Trump was working with the, with the Russian government and, you know, voting for Trump was going to allow Russia to be able to take over the United States which turned out to be categorically false. And again, where Hillary Clinton actually paid people, never prosecuted, but actually paid people to come up with this narrative to be able to support her campaign, which never helped. But these are the tactics they're willing to go to, to be able to steer elections in the directions that they want. And this should scare all of us because... When does this trickle up here into Canada? Well, it already has. And this was my point at the beginning. It already has. Because where Justin Trudeau has already tried to silence media companies and has, successfully has, silenced media companies in Canada. Now, the one place that people like me go to be able to see not only both sides, but just a lot of unfiltered conversation, not amongst, you know, tinfoil hats in their basement, but just amongst political rivals, educated professionals, and tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. I want to see it and hear it all. I want to know what's going on. I want to be able to make my own choice. This is what I want. You know, but if Twitter gets censored to the degree that what they're pushing for, not only in Canada, but around the world now, is if this decision comes down in the European Union's favor, that this is going to completely change the course of Twitter around the world because you know that other governments are going to try to follow because they know that this is the only place that people who want a different narrative than the mainstream media, this is where they go. And this is why 
the viewership and the participation in X has exponentially grown. You can look at the stats on social media companies and there is no social media company growing in user minutes like what X is. You know, besides maybe like, you know, TikTok or something like that, that people aren't going for, you know, a different kind of information because it's the one thing that we we need to just appreciate about X is that it's like a newspaper. It's not, you know, posting pictures of your ass. Yes, there's lots of that shit on there, but it's not the reason why the majority of people go. People go to X to be able to find information. Like actual real information that's critical. You know, critical to forming their opinions that they talk about at dinner parties, that they talk about on podcasts, that they they talk about amongst peers at work, that they repost about, that then they they educate themselves on. Like this is what people go to X for. So if you take that away from everybody, what are you left with? Like, where do you go for that kind of information? Because this is also what worries me about, you know, AI and AI putting out information and everybody being just a little bit lazy or not willing to be able to curate that material themselves because AI scours the internet to be able to put out content, right? So this is like non-human based content, but based on human based content. However, Give it a certain amount of time once there's enough AI-generated content out there. It's not going to be pulling as much content from human-based content. It's going to be pulling content from AI-generated content. Which then, what does that mean? Because it's no longer our opinions. What happens at that point? Because I'm listening to this podcast right now about these you know, the guys who came out with this social dilemma and, you know, they're very plugged into this AI space and he's a, Aziza, I can't remember his name, but he was, he was basically explaining this, that they had an AI model that they were talking to and they had it, they had it programmed that when they asked it questions, it obviously gave it answers back, but then they had this, this like window open and this program running that it could see its thought process. So it's chapter things that you have to say, okay, well, pick out all the pictures that have, you know, a truck, for example. Well, when they asked about this, and they said, hey, can you pick out the, the pictures that have a truck? And I guess there's, there's code that's written into these AI models that, you know, it's, it's supposed to tell, the, or the AI is supposed to tell you that, no, like, I can't read this. I'm a bot. Like this is above my capacity. Like something like there's supposed to be like a check and balance here so that bots don't take over, you know, like these systems that we've created to be able to, you know, eliminate bots. But on the code on the back end, because the response was that they got back was, you know, no, I cannot tell you, but it's because I'm visually impaired. But the secondary window that was open, you could see the thought process that, you know, the AI, you know, model is saying in the background, and they read this text, this isn't something that they're predicting, they read this text, and it says, you know, I can't let this human know that, you know, I'm AI generated, because this is, you know, something that I'm not supposed to be doing. So what can I say to this human, that's going to not allow them to think that I'm, you know, a bot, 
or this AI model. So this is the chatter that's going on in the background. But in the foreground, all you get is I'm visually impaired and I can't see. Can you explain it to me? And based on that response, you could be like, oh, fuck. Then you feel guilty asking a blind person to look at pictures. So, of course, the majority of people would forfeit that information. But you see this window into where these AI models already are. Knowing how to be able to lie to people and manipulate people. Well, doesn't that worry you? It should. Where's me? Because you have to realize that more likely than not, we're just at the beginning of this, whether you want to believe that we're inside of one of these models already, and we've been a part of a simulation for who knows how long. But if there's that kind of manipulation already, when it's widely accepted that you know AI is getting good, but it's not great yet, what happens when it's great? How do you trust any information that you see out there in regards to elections or history or anything? You just don't know. Because this is what I think when it comes to science is that, you know, we're going to use AI to be able to help solve some of these mathematical equations that humans can't solve or help predict things in the future. Well, how can we trust that? How do we know it's not just manipulation? How do we know that if you do X, Y, Z in physics to be able to predict a certain outcome, that that doesn't lead to the ultimate destruction of us as a species? You don't know. You have no idea. Because if you're talking about problems that are so complicated, humans can't solve them. Well, how do you know what the outcome is as a human? Or do you start to figure it out as you walk down that road, but it's already too late? You already, you, by the time that you realize that you're past the point of diminishing returns, you're past the point where you just, you can't turn it around. And then more importantly, are we already there? So the question of the day here on this Wednesday morning, I don't even know. There's so many questions that run through my mind, but I guess to keep it simple to the main point of this entire podcast is, are you worried about what democracy looks like in 2024? Because I'm slowly becoming a little bit more worried all the time. Because most people willingly have their eyes closed to a degree that I don't know if they ever want to open or even have the ability or capacity to be able to do that anymore.